Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of Kayla. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I pray, Father, that you would make me a vessel of honor. Think through my mind, speak through my lips. I pray um, that you would use me, make me usable in your kingdom. And I thank you and I praise you in Jesus' name. Thank you for giving your people the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you, that the eyes of their understanding will be enlightened, that they may know what is the hope of your calling. What are the riches of the glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the exceeding greatness of your power towards them that believe? Father, thank you for I, that I'm your son and your slave. And I pray that you would give me the tongue of the learned, that I may speak a word to them that are weary, a, a seasonal word, a word that is needed, a word that will strengthen. I thank you, Father, for making my mouth your mouthpiece. Father, I yield my tongue and I call my tongue the tongue of the righteous. I thank you. My mouth serves righteousness. My mind serves righteousness. My body, my members serve righteousness. And I thank you, Father. Thank you. Make us a holy people for your glory. Lord, we lift up destiny before you. We thank you for your healing power. Oh, we curse this, um, this, this infection and we command it to go from his body in Jesus' name. And we drive it out in Jesus' name. And we speak to every sickness in this building and every member that is dealing with any kind of viruses or flu or COVID. We speak life. We thank you that's by the stripes of Jesus, they're healed from the crown of their head to the soles of their feet. And we receive healing in our bodies to do the will of God, to, to, to be an example of the grace of God. And we thank you, Father. Thank you. Lord, I thank you for my tongue being a pen of a ready writer. Thank you, Father, for supernatural divine utterance that I may boldly make known the mysteries of the gospel. I connect my tongue to my spirit and I speak not as a mere man, but as the oracles of God. I thank you for the gifts of the spirit. I thank you that you have given us these nine gifts for the edification of your body. And I thank you that these gifts are welcome and invited and desired and coveted in this place, Father. We desire these gifts to be in operation, for this is the time for these gifts to come forth in full force. For we are living in the last days, God. And I thank you that these gifts are to edify your body so that we can be built up to do your will in the matchless name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. God is good. All the time. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. All right. We're going to jump right into this. Um, we are talking about the Hunger Games. Um, the message that um, Kevin ministered was so powerful. I listened to it twice and I'm um, just it just blessed me and made me want to play with my kids more. <laughs> Such a holy um, uh, spiritual thing to do. And, and it just kind of it was just, it's just a blessing. Amen. Amen. And, and thank y'all for holding it down last week. Uh, we, Courtney and I went out to um, the bridge. It's a church that we minister to every single year for the last at least four or five years. 
Um, sometimes Pastor Jacob asks me to come <laughs> two or three times a year. And so I, I'm grateful for the opportunity. And I don't think that they really believe that I had a wife. I mean, Pastor Jacob, no, he, he knew, you know, he knows Courtney and I, we, we've been fellowshipping together and have been over their house. And I think they've been over our house a couple of times when the, when I first became the pastor here at KLM. They used to come and visit us in the library uh, before this when Pastor Jacob was a youth pastor and him and I went to seminary together. I'll give you a little story. We were taking a first Corinthians class doing a winter break. It was an intense class. And the, the, the professor was graduated from Dallas Theological Seminary. And back in the day, if you believed in the gifts of the spirit and, and spoke in tongues, you had to sign a waiver saying that you didn't believe in it in order to go to this seminary. Um, since then, that things have changed. And so this professor was an older gentleman. He's probably was in his late 60s uh, or maybe late 70s. Um, he was wonderful, wonderful uh, man of God. Uh, but I, I could tell that he was against tongues and, and the gifts of the spirit. And so he asked the question, is there anybody here who speaks in tongues and, and you're from the Pentecostal background? And my friend Jacob and my friend Joanna, they both raised their hand and, uh, and, and they looked at me like I was ashamed. I said, no, I, I, I'm not going to raise my hand. And um, you might have thought that I was ashamed, but I wasn't. Uh, my daddy didn't raise a fool. Uh, and so what I did is I, I, I told him after I got my grade but we went out to eat. We, I introduced Pastor Jacob to um, Chick-fil-A. He didn't know Chick-fil-A at that time. And so ever since that time, he, he's been Chick-fil-A. He's served the church Chick-fil-A. He says, it's because of this guy that you all get Chick-fil-A every quarter. <laughs> so long story short, um, we were out to eat. And um, he said, why are you not, why are you ashamed of the Holy Ghost? I said, I'm not ashamed of the Holy Ghost. I, I just I just think there's not wisdom to let people know where you stand all the time. And so um, I, I think it's just, you know, just that. And so he uh, we go and, and we I'm asking questions from the text and he, I end up getting an A minus. Um, Jacob, Pastor Jacob got a D. Joanne got a C. Uh, Joanne right now, she's a, a senator, I think, senator and PA. Um, and, and so um and then Jacob, he's a pastor at, at the bridge, and he also works for Verizon. And um, I said, see, I, I knew that there were some biases there, and I, I, I just not, not going to do it. It's my dad, when I was in um, junior high school, I didn't understand evolution. I couldn't understand it. And my dad said, well, you give them their the answer that they want to hear, and you get the grade, but then afterwards you can preach to them. So I, I just did that. So past, uh, the, the professor, I, 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 he, he thought I was a Baptist. I let him think, because I believe in the baptism of water, <laughs> and let him think that. And I got the A minus. They got the D and the C. <laughs> I'm sure they were better, better writers than me. Uh, but I, was, I used the wisdom of God. Amen? Amen. What, why did I bring that up? <laughs> That's where I met Pastor Jacob. So it was a so so Pastor Jacob knew that I had a wife and 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 his kids are close to the age of our kids and um and whatnot and we played around with perhaps um anyway well praise the Lord and um so Pastor Jacob um 
knew that I had a wife, but the church never knew because I always talked about my wife when I go out and preach. And so they saw her for the first time. And you think that people were lined up trying to see me. No, they were lined up trying to see Courtney <laughs> and because she ministered a song and, and they were blessed by that. So they like said, you really do have a wife because <laughs> for years they didn't think I had a wife because she never came with me. <laughs> Glory to God. What does that have to do with the sermon? <laughs> In the midst of that, um, Pastor Jacob asked me to preach about holiness, and I had already put on the Hunger Games to talk about uh, holiness, uh, like having a hunger for holiness. And he just kind of, you know, uh, confirmed what I was getting in my spirit, and I was going to do wisdom hunger this week. And I was telling Kevin, as a result of what Pastor Jacob asked me to do, it threw me into this holiness. And so as we talk about the Hunger Games I want to minister to you what I minister there, but more in depth is the treasure of holiness. Everybody say the treasure of holiness. Go to Isaiah chapter six, Isaiah chapter six. I've been really craving holiness even more. So I had a prophet years ago when I was youth pastor came to the church where I served as youth pastor for several years and he ministered to all of the staff. And what the senior pastor did at the time, he had the, the prophet and his wife to meet with each individual staff member and record the prophetic word. And at the time, I was single, and he began to minister to me uh, about me being a pastor. And he began to minister to me about uh, my role in the body of Christ. And he said that the Lord was going to not mess with me, but deal with me about holiness. That was many, many moons ago, over 18, 19 years ago. And I am standing here to seeing that prophetic word, a reality in my life. I mean, when you get a prophetic word, it doesn't happen overnight. So that's over close to 20 years ago, I receive a prophetic word from a prophet and it's coming to pass. How many know that prophecy takes time? And when you receive a prophetic word, it doesn't mean that you go out and you make it happen. It could be many years later. I know people don't like that, but guess what? The years are going to come anyway. So why not come? You believe in the prophet or the word of God that bears witness with your spirit. If the Lord says something to you, sometimes it doesn't happen right away. It takes time. And sometimes people step out on the word prematurely and it doesn't happen. They say, well, it must not be God. Right. No, it's just the timing is off. So timing is just as important. The, the, the word of God is, is, is connected to the when and the how. And so you, when you down and praying and you receive the, the knowledge of what to do concerning his will, then God will give you the wisdom. You pray for spiritual wisdom and you pray for natural wisdom to step out on that word. Amen. You know, the Lord may put in your heart to, to go to a certain island. It may not be tomorrow. The dreams, a lot of times dreams that God has placed in our hearts, it takes years and decades. Um, you, you see, a, a, give you an example, you see a gospel artist or even a, a secular artist, you see that they have for years, you know, at one point the world or different people will ex, um, discover them. 
But you see behind the scenes for decades, perhaps they were dealing with honing their gifts. And all of a sudden people recognize them, but they've been doing it for years and years and years. Um, my wife told me recently there was a young lady who wrote a book seven years ago. And now the book is becoming like New York, New York bestseller. Seven years later, somebody who, was, who, had, who has the influence and the stage discovered the book and began to promote the book. How many know the delayed is not denial? Rejection is not denial. It, it, it may take some time of what the Lord has placed in your heart. Uh, talking to young people as I serve as substitute, some of them are like, oh, you know, I, I don't want to be a doctor because I'm going to be in school for 10 years. I said, well, the 10 years are going to come regardless. Why not come with doing what you were born and created to do? Amen. Amen. So Isaiah chapter 6, this man of God prophesied about the Lord dealing with me about holiness and God has been doing a number in my life. And we'll talk about that in a second. Isaiah chapter 6, let's look at verses 1 through 6. Actually, 1 through 7. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. And above him stood the seraphim, and each had six wings, and the two he covered his face. With two, he covered his feet, and with two, he flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God, or excuse me, the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the thresholds shook the voice, shook at the voice of him who called, and the house was filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me, for I am lost. For I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, and for my eyes have seen the King and the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal that he had taken with tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth and said, Behold, this has touched, this has touched your lips, and your guilt is taken away, and your sin atoned for. In the year that King Uzziah died, this is telling us the time frame in which Isaiah had this encounter with the holiness of God. But I would like to take it and look at it at a different angle. In the year that King Uzziah died, he saw the Lord. Perhaps his eyes was on this king. And this king was blocking him from seeing the Lord. What is blocking us from seeing the Lord? Is there anything in our lives that is keeping us from seeing the Lord and all of his holiness? Wrong thinking about the Lord can hinder us from seeing correctly. Wrong believing, distractions and weights and sins. And here he says, in the year that this king died, he saw the Lord sitting upon a throne. And it begins to say in verse 2, above him stood the seraphim angels and, and had six wings. Sometimes we are, uh, it's misrepresented that angels only have two wings. Sometimes you see, you see on television or social media uh, a baby with wings. I'm going to tell you there are no angels that are babies. That's not biblical. 
Usually when an angel appeared to an individual, the fear of God would hit them or the fear of that angel. So we're not talking about some little angels. We, there's some angels in this room and they're huge. If you think Stacy is big, just if you could see in the spirit realm, you will see how big our angels are. Glory to God. We got angels watching over us, according to Psalm 91, to keep us in all our ways, lest we dash our foot against the stone. That's what the Bible says. And, and Jesus quoted that in Matthew chapter 4. And then we know in Hebrews chapter 1, it says these, these angels are ministering spirits. They're ministering spirits sent to minister for, not to, before the heirs of salvation. Angels are for our benefits. They're just not there just to look good, but they're there. And the Bible says in Psalms that angels hearken to the voice of the Lord, the word of God. And then when I speak the word of God, angels go working for us. Glory to God. If demons can influence people, angels can influence people. Amen. Amen. That job that you go for and you've been believing God and confessing, the angel will influence that person that has the ability to hire you. Come on. That angel, when you pray for protection over your kids, that angel is blocking off things that seen and unseen. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. We got some angels watching over us. We are not to worship angels. We're not to talk to angels in that sense, but we're to give God thanks for giving us his angels. And glory to God. These angels specifically, it says they, they had six wings, two to cover their faces, um, two to cover their, their, um, their feet, and two to fly. And notice this in verse three, it says, and, and one called to another said, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, and the whole earth is full of his glory. Notice these angels were not talking to the Lord about how holy he is but they were talking to each other. They were seeing each other and, and, and describing what they were experiencing. In Revelation, it talks about how there are creatures around the throne of God going day and night crying, holy, holy, holy. They're not talking to the Lord. They're, they're, they are responding to his holiness. And I want to submit to you that every time they go around the throne, they see another glimpse of his holiness. They get another revelation of his holiness. They're not just seeing the same old, same old. There's nothing boring about God. As you experience him, you, you experience newness. Yeah. And so they begin to see how holy he is and get a revelation every time they go around the throne. Holy, 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 holy. And they can't help but say it. I'm telling you, there's a time in prayer as you yield to the spirit of God, you'll just cry holy and come out of your spirit because you begin to see how holy he is. Holy. Holy, <laughs> and you'll just say it. And, 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 and sometimes um, there's, you know, it says holy, holy, holy. And there's people who've tried to build a doctrine that the fact that it's, it's three holy, you know, word, holy, holy, holy. But some Hebrew scholars will believe that when they're saying holy, they're not declaring it three times. It's just an echo. Holy. <sighs> These creatures are seeing the Lord in a way that if we get a glimpse of him, it'll change our lives. R.C. Sproul said that the holiness of God is trauma to the human sinful nature. 
It is not something, and, and hear my heart, I know I, I love the song by Israel, I am a friend of God, he calls me friend. And I, I believe sometimes in using terms, I think sometimes we lower God to our level. <clears throat> Out of all his attributes, there's something about his holiness. Um, it, 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 it leans in in a way that nothing else will. <clears throat> and so we have to be careful of, of saying, Jesus is my homeboy. Jesus is, you know, it, it, you know, the young people is my dog. They actually use the other word. Um, no, he's not. <laughs> he's in the class all by himself. I heard one preacher say yesterday as I was looking at uh, his particular service, and, and I, think I, I know, I think I knew what he was trying to convey, but it's very dangerous. He was talking about we being divinity. I said, ah, oh, oh. And so I was like, something's not right. <laughs> oh, no. I understand we got the nature of God, and we partake, partake of his divine nature, but it was equaling God to us. I said, oh, no. This is error. And this particular person was prophesying and saying that how his father prophesied to the point of, of, of uh, uh, describing females' underwear. I said, why would God do that? I don't care if it's you, you're 100% accurate. Something is wrong with that. You know, just because a person tells you your bank account, you know, there are quote-unquote prophets who do that, they're not necessarily flowing in God. That's what it's called. For, why is it so important that you have my bank account? Right? Why do I, you need to know my name, my, my social security number or, or, or how much money I have or who texts me. There are people who, who have tapped into some realms that it isn't God. I was talking to an apostle out in um, um, Uganda, Apostle Grace, and he, he said these men and women have tapped into what they call the third eye. And, it, and that eye opens them up to a realm that is not godly. And it's a familiar spirit. When there's a prophet that gives a word, it's to bring conviction. It's to bring repentance or it's to bring comfort and edification. Not so much to give you details about what is that? That's, that sounds like the devil. It's a devil telling people specific things in a way. That's what psychics do. <laughs> so be careful. I believe in the prophetic, and we receive words, but does it draw me closer to God? Does it make me hungry for him, or does it draw me close or focus on that person? Here, these angels, these creatures begin to declare how holy God is. Verse 4, the foundations of the threshold shook at the voice of him who called, and the house was filled with smoke. When the real glory shows up, you don't need those smoke machines. You, 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 you're actually, I've been in services where it seems like it was, it was a cloud there. The glory of God, not because some, and I'm not against smoke machines. I, I think if you, you know, use them right, right? But what's the purpose of it? <laughs> I'm, I'm wondering, like, what are we doing? Um, and I'm not criticizing anybody who has smoke machines. <laughs> um, go, go for it. <laughs> Uh, verse 5, and I said, woe is me, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips. 
when we encounter his holiness, it makes us see us for who we really are. Yes, we are in Christ, but it helps us to see how sinful we really are compared to the Lord. The Lord is not sinful. He's in a class all by himself. He is God. And so when we encounter his holiness, and this is why R.C. Sproul says it's like trauma to the human sinful nature, that when we encounter his holiness, we realize we are unholy. We realize how unworthy we are. Glory to God. And he recognized he was lost. He says, I'm lost. Will you really understand how holy God is? you'll see how lost you, you really are. And I think even proclaiming the good news of Jesus, declaring the bad news that we are sinful creatures in need of the, the sinless son of God. We need him. Not that it's not, He's not even an option. We need the Lord. We need Jesus. We need his, his birth, his life, his death, his, his, his resurrection. We need the Lord. And when we realize how lost we are without him and encountering the holiness of God helps us to see our need for Jesus. The Bible calls Jesus the Holy One of Israel. He's the only one holy in Israel. Glory to God. He's the only one that can receive the punishment for our sins. And it goes on, it talks about um, for I'm a man with unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. When we really see the Lord, we'll see how lost we are, and we'll see how lost the world is. The world is really lost. It's really confused. Don't understand what this life is all about. And then and it goes on, it talks about how the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal that had, had taken with tongues from the altar. He touched my mouth and said, behold, this has touched your lips and your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. If you get the lips clean, you'll get the heart clean. Because out of the abundance of what? The heart, the mouth speaks. So the, 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 the seraphim touched his Lips, which cleansed his lips, which cleansed his heart, took away his guilt. Glory to God. So we see this scripture reminds us of this holiness. Go with me to Matthew chapter six, verse eight. We're talking about the treasure of holiness, the treasure of holiness. What is it to be treasured in holiness? Matthew chapter six, I mean, chapter five, verse eight says this. It says, blessed, chapter 5, verse 8 says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Those who have a pureness of heart will see the Lord. And we'll look into this more details in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14. It says, without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. Can you see Jesus everywhere you go? Can you see him moving in your life? Can you see him in your family, on your job, in your finances? The treasure of holiness is that we're able to see the Lord. See him now and also in the life to come. I don't know about you, but I want to see him now 
And I'm not talking about physically seeing him or having some dream or vision. I'm talking about seeing him move in our lives, seeing him move in our church. You, you know, a question came up years ago. Pastor, where are you taking us? I'm taking you into holiness. I'm taking you into green pastures. As the chief shepherd leads me and leads us, as his under shepherd, I'm leading you to green pastures. Amen. That's what we're going to eat and to feast and to behold his beauty. Glory to God. I, I want to draw people to the Lord. It says, without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. And I believe both here in this life and the life to come. That we need to treasure this holiness so that we can see the Lord. With that said, I got a few questions for you. Um, holiness, what is it <laughs> and what is not? Um, there was a group of people that a lot of times growing up, they used to call them a holy people, a holiness or sanctified people. And usually that was in reference to the way they dress. The women didn't have makeup. They couldn't wear pants. The men couldn't wear shorts. The only jewelry they had was um, like the wedding bands or the wedding rings. That wasn't holiness. Let, let's look at three terms. Um, holiness is not moralism. You can be a moral person and not be saved. I know plenty of moral people, and they 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 nicer than some believers. <laughs> they live clean in some areas more than believers. So to, to be moral is not necessary to be saved. What is it to be moral? To be moral is to have a sense of right and wrong according to conscience, to live in acceptable standards of conduct. Uh, moralism is the habit or the practice of moral principles without reference to religion. I had a friend in junior high school by the name of Juba, and this friend actually, um, the, what drew us together was the fact that he wasn't, he didn't use profanity. He was a virgin. So we're like, man, you, you, you must be a Christian, but he was Jehovah's Witness. And yet I'm a Christian. And yet he, he has the, some of the same standards as I did. And we, he was nerdy and I was nerdy. But guess what? He wasn't born again. Last time I checked, which I talked to him about five years ago, he still wasn't saved. He was a virgin when he got married. And, you know, and, and, and just, you know, worked hard, still working hard. Work, works at a famous, um, well-known Ivy League. University here in New Jersey <laughs> as an engineer, and, and yet he doesn't know the Lord. At least five years ago he did. I don't know about now. I, I've been praying for him since junior high school. Lord, <laughs> save my friend Juba. Um, and so I want you to know that being moral is not necessarily being a Christian. Holiness, another term that we need to look at is legalism. Holiness is not legalism. What is legalism is it's trying to get, obtain salvation by law keeping. There's some people who, who, if I do these 10 things, I must be safe. I don't go to the movies. Don't look at R-rated movies. If I don't drink a little wine for the stomach's sake, if I, all these things, if I do these things, I must be safe. I mean, one time I was working at a, at, at a um, corporation. Um, what is the name? Con Air. I used to work for Con Air in East Windsor. And Conair, um, there was a young, uh, older lady, and, and um, 
And she says, why, why is it that you don't cuss and you don't do those things? I said, I, I, I want to I please the Lord. She said, he must be real pleased with me then. <laughs> she said that. And I even said, you know, I'm saving myself from marriage. She said, oh, he definitely pleased with me. <laughs> I mean, no, legalism doesn't attain. Uh, 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 we, don't, we, can't, we don't get anything with God because of legalism. By, not, by keeping the law, or I go to church every Sunday, or I, I, I do this and I do that, it doesn't obtain, I can't obtain salvation by my works. Lest any man should boast. By grace we're saved through faith, and not of our own, but it's the free gift of God. And so we're only saved by the grace of God. And by what Jesus did, it's because of what Jesus did, and our faith in the living Christ, and his finished work, that we're saved. So I, I can not cuss, and I, I, I can keep myself sexually. I can be faithful to my spouse and still miss heaven. Oh, I cannot drink wine, cannot go to social, do social media. And one time they used to say, my space is the portal to hell. <laughs> and then same people are on Facebook asking for money. <laughs> Preachers. <laughs> Listen, it, it's not that those things do not save us. Uh, if, if you, some of y'all have been doing very fine on your Bible reading. But some of y'all have been slipping up. <laughs> but God loves the person who slipped up on their Bible reading, having read since January the 1st, as those who've been consistent every single day. <laughs> That's the good news about God. He'll, 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 he, his love for the one who's been saved since that was four is the same as the one who just got saved last week. Oh, God is so good. He's that good. He'll mess up your theology. He'll say the first will be last and the last shall be first. <laughs> he'll, he'll flip it up. <laughs> those who give out, who lose their life will save it. And those who save their lives will lose it. <laughs> That's how good God is. It's his righteousness. He's the one who justifies those who are guilty. Yet he condemns the guilty and yet he justifies the guilty through Christ. Glory to God. Y'all got me preaching up in here. <laughs> so holiness is not legalism. Legalism is trying to obtain righteousness by doing the law. Paul said in Philippians 3, that I, um, that I may be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is by the law, but the righteousness which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness of God. And then the last one is antinomianism. That's salvation without the need for keeping the law. So you have, um, you have legalism, moralism, and antinomianism. Anti Simply is salvation. There's people who says, I'm saved and I don't need anything to do with the law. Yet the Spirit of God will help you to obey God. And our growth is now, the word old means to obey radically. Sanctification, holiness. There's some people believe like, oh, you know what? I don't believe in that tithing. I don't believe in no confession. I don't have to do all this praying. I'm just, oh, he said, yeah, yeah. But our holiness is in response to what he's done for us in Christ. It is a way to say thank you. So when we're holy, it's to say thank you for saving me. Paul said it like this, Romans, in the book of Romans, which is a great book to study, as you read Romans 1 through Romans 12, Paul is showing us what God did for us in Christ. From Romans 12 to Romans 16 is the response of the believer to what God did for us in Christ. 
So in Romans 12, verse 1, it says, I beseech you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Paul says, in view of the mercies of God, from Romans 1 to Romans 12, we are to offer up our bodies as living sacrifice. Are you with me? Paul often does this. He does um, in Ephesians, he, in the first half of the book, he tells us what he did, what God did for us in Christ. And then the latter parts of the book, he tells us how we should live in light of that. Are y'all with me? So I'm holy as a way to say, thank you. I worship you. I, I respond to the good news of Jesus by living right. I'm not trying to earn anything. I'm just simply saying, thank you. Are you with me? That's how we are to approach holiness. Holiness is simply being apart, set apart from the world and set up to God for his purposes. It's having all of the fruit of the spirit in full force. Y'all know the fruit of the spirit, right? If you'll just allow these fruit to be your, your portion, you'll walk in holiness. Isn't that good news? Uh, it is to have a consecrated life to the Lord. It is the process of sanctification in full force. Um, we still have a sinful nature. Y'all know this, right? You, sometimes you, you, some of y'all want to cuss. <laughs> some of y'all want to do, your flesh wants to do things that are not right. Am I the only one? I'm sorry. <laughs> your flesh is not saved yet. <laughs> you can't trust your flesh as far as you can throw it. <laughs> you give your flesh an itch, it'll take a mile. <laughs> you let you, you know, let a word slip up, you'll be saying it all the time. <laughs> Listen, your, your flesh is a mess. You, you are, your flesh is still needs to be born again, be saved, be sanctified. We were saved, we've been saved, and we shall be saved. Glory to God. Holiness. Holiness, Holiness uh, again, uh, we are to allow the Spirit of God to help us. We can, allowing the Holy Spirit to give us empowered, empowering us to have spirit-filled, spirit-led efforts to pursue holiness. Holiness is one of the greatest aims of our redemption and one of the required evidence for eternal life. This is why we should treasure it. It's the aim of redemption. Holiness isn't an option. Another word for holiness is godliness or sanctification. It is a command. God is, is concerned about how we live. I, oh, I'm just saved and you can live any kind of way. No, no, no. That's not the way God wants it. God has something better. Uh, again, holiness isn't dressing up in a certain attire, but it's a lifestyle. It, it's the condition of our heart. God is concerned about the way our heart is. Is your heart holy? It says be imperfect for even as I am perfect. Is, is your heart perfect before the Lord? You know, you, you know, your heart can be perfect towards the Lord. People in the Old Testament, their heart, some of them, their hearts were perfect towards the Lord. Our holiness is rooted in who God is and not just what we do. Let me say it again. Our holiness is rooted in who God is and not just what we do. It affects what we do, but it isn't limited to it. A definition of holy is untainted by evil or sin. It's saintly. Regarded with a, a, a desire, deserving deep respect and awe and reverence, 
dedicated to God in his service. Isn't that something that we're to dedicate our lives to the Lord? In order to live holy, we must comprehend and understand what sin is and what is not. Sin is disobedience. If God tells you to go right, you go left, you just sin. It's falling short. Why is the world unholy? Because of sin. Let's go to Leviticus. Levit Leviticus chapter 22. Leviticus chapter 22. Are y'all are enjoying the Bible reading? Amen. I heard three amens. <laughs> no condemnation into those in Christ Jesus. If you've been missing the whole time, you can start today. <laughs> Isn't that such a good? He's not a God of a second chance. He's a God of another chance. Again and again and again and again. That's good news. Uh, Leviticus chapter 2, verse 32. 32. Now, I'm not knocking any stone that says he's a God of a second chance. I think that's what they're trying to say is that he, he's a God of another chance. He's going to give you another chance, another chance, and another chance, and another chance, and another chance. Le uh, Leviticus chapter 22, verse 32. It says, you should not profane my holy name that I may be sanctified among the people of Israel. I am the Lord who sanctifies you, who brought you out of the land of Egypt to be your God. I am the Lord. How many know that the Lord has called us to be sanctified? Again, it's not what we got on, you know, it, it, it's how we're living to set us apart, to be sanctified, to be set apart for God. Some of the things I pray for my boys is I pray that the Lord will sanctify them. Lord, sanct mark my boys for, boys for your glory. Mark them up. You think about a marker, right? A highlighter. You just mark, 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 mark. Mark my kids up for your glory. Put your highlight on their lives. Mark their future up. It, they, when they want to do wrong, they can't because the Holy Ghost. Oh, get, get a hold of them, Lord. Oh, mark them up. Make them always conscious of your presence. Lean in on their conscience. Throw your glory on their conscience. Oh, 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 and I can't do that. No, 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 that's not right. I mean, no, that's a powerful prayer to pray for your children. Get home, my grandchildren. Come on. Get home, my great-grandchildren. Come on. Go ahead and pray for the generations that are unborn. Glory to God. Leviticus, it talks about he, he's made us holy. He, he desires to be holy among us. Why is it important for us to be holy? Um, there's a bishop back in the 1900s. His name was Bishop J.C. Rowell. J.C. Rowell. He has a book called Holiness, which is free, I think, on ebook through Amazon, Kindle. He was the bishop of Liverpool, which, this is what he said. We must be holy because there's one grand end and purpose for which Christ came into the world. Jesus is a complete savior. He does not merely take away the guilt of the believer, but he does more. He breaks his power. He breaks the power of sin over our lives, according to Romans. So holiness is important. Because when we are holy, we're like the Lord. The more holy we are, the more we're like Jesus. Righteousness is what God did for us in Christ. Holiness is what we do for God. Our response to the fact that we're righteous. The message of grace does not give us a license to sin, because you don't need a license to sin. You're just sin, right? But the, 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 the grace itself 
empowers us to live holy. Holiness by his grace. Remember, one of the definitions of holiness that I absolutely love, and by the way, I, I hope I don't offend you, I, I never, since a kid, never liked the song Amazing Grace. I hated it. I just don't know. Maybe it's the way that they were singing. Oh, it, just, it just it made me depressed. It didn't made, me, made me not want to get closer to God. I'm just telling you, and well, maybe because I didn't know what grace was at the time. But also, come to find out, it was a slave owner that wrote Amazing Grace, and it's sung in most churches. <laughs> maybe that was my spirit saying, ah, oh, nah, <laughs> somebody who don't like me because of the color of my skin, I ain't singing that song. Thank God he got saved, right? He, he changed his ways. <laughs> but still, he was unregenerated when he wrote it. <laughs> but yet, it's one of the hymns of the church. Come on, give me a break. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I'm not saying, I mean, you know. But anyway, uh, amazing grace. And so I was like, what is so amazing about grace? <laughs> so I looked it up one day as a teenager. Of course, you had unmerited favor. That still didn't mean anything to me. Unmerited favor. What's grace? Unmerited favor. Undeserved favor. Unearned favor. Okay. <laughs> Wait, what is that? As to a teenager. So I looked it up, and I got this definition from Strong's. It means a divine influence upon one's heart and the reflection of that influence in one's life. That changed my life. I said, that's why grace is amazing, because it, 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 it changes a heart that reflects in the life. If grace gets a hold of us, that's going to be some evidence of holiness in our lives. It's going to cause some changes in the way that we live. Grace is not just, grace is not automatic. It's obtained through faith and humility. God gives what? He resists the proud, but gives what? Grace to the humble. If I can increase my humility, I can increase the grace of God in my life. If I can have faith in the finished work of the cross through grace, then I have access to the finished work. So grace is not automatic. Oh, the grace, 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 grace. Okay, it's going to show up in my life. If I call on grace and I need some strength, grace shows up with strength. If I need some finances, grace shows up with some provision. If I need some healing in my body, grace shows up with healing in my body. Grace, oh, precious grace. Grace will help you live right. There was a man, a king, who wanted to sin, did not, not know he was sinning against Abraham, against God. Um, Abraham had this thing, you know, Sarah was something to look at. <laughs> and so he's like, you know what? I need you to tell, we, you, we're going to tell this king that um, we're brother and sister. <sighs> so they were talking and laughing. And the, the king look out and says, you know what? Go get her. So they went to go get her. And that night, the Lord visited the king. You're a dead man if you touch her. The thing happened again with Isaac. And, and, and he says, you're a dead man. Look at the, the, the goodness of God. He will keep you from sinning against him if you want to be kept. He warned this unregenerated king not to touch the woman of God. How I many know oh God, the presence of God will come when you're about to sin. If you'll pay attention, 
His presence will come. And you'll say, no, that's not right. It's not right. We can't do that. When you go to lie on your taxes, nah, don't do that. Something on the inside goes off. It's like an alarm. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. And the more you violate that, the lesser you'll be sensitive to it. You know, like callous. You, you get callous. If you drink something hot long enough, it'll burn, the, burn on the inside. And you'll, you'll become less sensitive to it. The more we're aware of his holiness, the more sensitive we are of what offends him. Let me give you an example that happened recently before I let you go. So, you know, the Lord's mess went out, and I, there's a kid, um, one of my favorite kids in the entire uh, high school, and um, he says, you know, when I first stopped substituting, substituting him, I mean, with the class, the class he was in, um, they, you know, I tell him not to use profanity, and... Um, and, and, and they would say, mister, he's using profanity. And this kid was like, no, no, mister, I'm a holy man of God. And then his friend would say, no, mister. And they said, oh, he's cussing. No, mister, I'm a holy man of God. <laughs> and when they said that, it went inside of me. And so I began to imitate that. Lord, I want to be a holy man of God. I started making that my prayer. Lord, make me a holy man of God. I mean, Courtney, tell you, I'll be going around. Lord, make me a holy man of God. I have the boys confess, I'm a holy man of God. <laughs> and I'm praying that prayer like crazy. And these last two or three weeks, oh, I'm, make me a holy man of God. I'm in intercession for myself. <laughs> and I all kind of you. Make me a holy man of God. I'm going around, Lord, make me a holy man of God. All right. <laughs> be careful. So I go. And I, I'm, you know, praying in the spirit a lot. Under my breath. And I'm working. You know, sit down, sit down. And, uh, and I'm praying, Lord, make me a holy man of God. I'm listening to this song by Micah Stambley. Take my life, holiness, holy. I'm listening. I'm coming to church early. I'm praying. I'm walking the floor. Make me a holy man of God. All right, I'm doing this, right? So I go, and um, some substitutes, they don't give um, keys to the bathroom. Uh, to the teacher's bathroom. So, so I got to wait for somebody. So somebody comes and opens the door for me. And I use the bathroom. And I, I'm real sensitive about germs. I don't like germs. I'm super, super sensitive about it. And so I, uh, I take the paper towel. You know, I lift up the toilet. I'm giving too much information. Lift up the toilet. Uh, and then I take another paper towel and I flush it with it. All right. And then I put it in, and then I take another paper towel and I push the thing to wash my hands. Are y'all with me? Um, and I take another paper towel to unlock the door. And I put that in the garbage. And so I'm already to seven or eight. <laughs> I take another paper towel to open it, but the way it is is you open it and then you gotta throw it out, right? Because <laughs> there's no trash outside. So I'm like, I'm trying, and so I throw it over and it missed the it missed the trash. <laughs> and, and I'm like well they'll get it and the Holy Ghost says oh you want to be a holy man of God and yet you can't pick up the paper towel I was like oh man like really and so I go so I, so I take another paper towel pick up the paper towel that got on the floor put it inside then I take another one to open the door again and this time I make it I said oh thank you Lord the Lord messed with me you want to be a holy man of God, and yet you don't have 
authority over the paper towel. You want to be so set apart, but yet there's no difference because the world does that. I was like, oh, man, you're making the janitor, making the job harder for the janitor. Now he got to get a paper towel to pick it up. Are you with me? If you start praying that prayer, God start dealing with you. Uh, uh, we want to be like the Lord, right? Okay, make me a holy man, holy woman of God. Make us a holy church. Oh, set us apart. He'll deal with you about your spouse, what you say, what you don't say, and how you react. He'll deal with you about your kids, your dog. Your, he'll, he'll begin to mess with you. And I say mess with you in a positive sense. He'll begin to deal with those areas. Uh, the other day, I was, you know, praying. And, you know, I said, okay, I got victory over that. You know, over the, the paper towel situation. And then he just started messing with me about stuff. Just, uh, and to the point I stopped praying in the spirit. I was like, man, like, Lord. And he just put his hand on something. For years, you've been thinking like this. That's unholy. For years, you've been acting like this. Sometimes you can get in a cycle, a, a habit of thinking a way, a certain way, acting a certain way, behaving a certain way, and not knowing that it's sinful. Man, you want to be holy, you got to be open for repentance. And what he spoke to me the other day in my heart, I, when I say speak to me, he didn't give me a vision or a dream or a prophetic word, but on the inside, through my conscience and through my inner witness, he spoke, this is wrong. And I repented and I cried out, said, God, help me. God will help you to be holy. He'll deal with those areas, what some call a, a little lie. You lied. That's an offense to God. It is impossible for a holy God to lie. And yet you want to be just like him. So therefore we need to speak the truth. You cannot lie on a consistent basis and expect your words to have power. You can't be entertained with the devil. You can't cast out the devil that you've been entertained by. So you got you to gotta go after God. I mean, I'm, talking about, I'm not talking about, oh, let me go pray eight hours. No, after you pray eight hours, then the obedience come into place. He'll deal with your attitude. Oh, man, I, I have to go to work. No, I get to go to work. Oh, oh, you know, don't. St Husbands and wives, don't roll your eyes. Oh, here she go again. Here he goes again. No, no, no. You pray for that man or that woman of God, and God bless you. Oh, here the kids are again. Oh, oh, you, you God's made you a steward over your, these kids. Some are struggling and not able to have kids. There's a lot of people who don't have spouses. And yet God bless you and you're going to be ungrateful. I'm talking to everybody. Oh, I just, I just love Jesus. I love my singleness. Okay. You pray to be single. 20 years later, you still ask the Lord, why am I single? Because you prayed. Be grateful for what you have. You got time. <laughs> you can go wherever you want to go. Spend what, what you want to spend. Don't have to be accountable to nobody but God. <laughs> You get married, oh, what you doing that for? That's not a part of the budget. Wait a minute. Oh, we working on something. Oh, why we got to, oh, you can't go out there, but you just went out to eat. No, it's not. Are you with me? Glory to God. Holiness. Crying out for God's holiness. 
He'll begin to deal with your attitude. You can't laugh at those jokes. Can't repost those videos that have certain things. Are you with me? Without holiness, no man can see the Lord in our lives. So we should be pursuing holiness. We should chase it. We should, the Lord commands us to be holy even as he is holy. And the purpose of being holy is so we can know him. The church at Rome was known for their obedience. Are we known for our obedience? The word growth, right? Growth is now. Oh, obey, obey radically. Are we known to be obedient people of God? The Lord said to me many years ago when I was a youth pastor, he says, I want the world in the body of Christ to smell my holiness on you. I know we should, be, we should smell like his holiness. Whatever, you know, that's going on in your body, or go, it's, it's going to come out. And they knew that Peter was with Jesus. Are we in his presence so much? And I'm not talking about always praying. I'm saying conscious of him, acknowledging him, walking with him, that he, his imprint is on our lives. That we're willing to give up our liberties if necessary. Holiness, relying on Christ to help us. Our faith in Christ is the root of holiness. We cannot be holy without Christ. Without the Holy Spirit, we cannot be holy. Without the Father, we need him. We need the triune God, and God will help us to be holy. Let me give you two scriptures. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 as we end. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Thank you, Lord. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. And let's look at verse 26. This, 26 and 27. This is the apostle of grace. If anybody had an understanding about grace, Apostle Paul did. And this is what he said. He said, so I do not run, so I do not run aimless, aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under what? Control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. Here's the apostle of grace saying that unless I'm beating the air, he said, I discipline my body. I bring my body under control. How many of you got to control your body? Your body is not going to control itself. <laughs> you got to control your body. You got to control your mind. Develop powers of concentration. Says, no, I'm not gonna. The, we can't stop thoughts from coming, but we don't have to think about them. We can't stop temptation, but we don't have to yield to it. I don't know. Jesus was tempted, so you and I are gonna be tempted. All our temptations are different, right? You may be tempted in one way, I may be tempted in another way, but it's the yielding to temptation that is sin, not the temptation itself. Paul says, I discipline my body and I keep it. Everybody say keep it. President says, I keep it under control. You got to keep your body under control. You got to keep your anger under control. You got to keep your mouth under control. You got to keep your attitude under control. 
You have to say, Jesus is my attitude. Jesus is my attitude. Jesus is Lord over my attitude. I choose to, to be positive today. The part of the growth is now train your mind. I choose to be thankful. I, oh, oh, this is happening on the job. Thank God for the ability to work. Thank God that I have clients. Thank God we have a growth problem. Thank God we have a building. Even though it's leaking, thank God we have a building. Come on. Thank God we were able to pay our bills. Oh, you may only have two cents in the bank, but you can give God some thanks. Our thanks in everything. It is the will of God for us to give thanks. Thank you, Lord. I may have one pinky that's hurting. I got nine fingers that's working. Thank you, Lord, for the nine that's working. I don't have to complain about the one. We focus on the wrong thing. Thank God for the activity of my limbs. Oh, we got to go up these stairs again. Thank God for the ability to come upstairs. Glory to God. Listen, I'm going to tell you, God did something recently, just today for me. So it was raining, it was pouring down. I said, Lord, just stop the rain, Lord, for like three hours. I'm just, I'm asking you, you know, my, my, my mind, what scripture do you have? Elijah prayed, and it didn't rain. And I'm just as righteous as Elijah, even more so because of the blood of Jesus. And so I'm asking you to stop the rain for three hours. You know that rain stopped within 10 minutes. God will do that for you. I asked for a specific schedule this week at the job. They give you a schedule every single day. And the Lord did what I asked him for. I am convinced, not that I'm earning my prayers been answered, but I position myself to get what I'm asking for. Because when I am going after what he's after, he did not give you the Holy Spirit for you to shake and quake and that's it. For you to jump and you run and sing hallelujah but for you to have the hallelujah out of your lives. For you to praise him with your, your heart. And when you go after what he's after, he'll give you the desires of your heart. If you go after and say, Lord, make me holy. God, make me like Jesus. Holy Spirit, I ask for the ministry, your ministry. Come full force and make me like Jesus. He goes after sinful habits. He goes after wrong thinking, wrong believing, wrong confession. He goes after the things that is hindering you and I from being like Jesus. What is stopping us from being like him? What is the king that needs to die? King of self, king of entertainment, king, uh, your God, your belly is your God. What, whatever the case may be, he goes after it. How many of you want to be holy? <laughs> I'm telling you, if you pray that this week, that's your assignment is pray to be, you know, like, like the young man said. He says, make me, a, I'm a holy man. I'm a holy man, mister. I start praying, Lord, not in a way of, of, of putting my fists up to God, but Lord, crying out for desperate. I'm desperate. I'm hungry. Lord, I want to be holy. God, I want to be holy. Let that come from your spirit, not just your mind but from your spirit. God, make me holy, holy, holy. Throw your holiness. That came out of my spirit just a couple weeks ago. Throw your holiness on my life. I just imagine the weight of his glory. And he just throws it on my life. Oh, you really thought PD was holy? Oh, wait, wait till God gets finished with me. Ah, oh, oh man, he really holy. You know, sometimes we think, because we see certain people and they going hard after God and we see them, oh, they really on fire for God. And God says, nah, they got a little, you know, a little, little, little something. But when he really, that person's really on fire, man, oh man, they look like Jesus. 
we should be transformed from glory to glory. Amen. Let me give you this last scripture. Second <laughs> Corinthians chapter seven, verse one. Since we have these promises, beloved, let us what? Cleanse ourselves from every defilement of body and spirit. Bringing holiness com to completion in the fear of God. Since we have these promises, the promises that he mentioned before, Beloved, let us cleanse. Who, who's going to cleanse you? Oh, 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 you thought it's all up to God. This Christianity thing is a partnership with you and God. You got the Father. You and God the Father. You got the. You and God the Son, and you and God the Holy Spirit. Let us cleanse ourselves from every defilement. What's defiling your body? What's defiling your spirit? bringing holiness to completion in the fear of God. For those who think that grace is passive, what about this scripture? That's something we got to do. We got to have spirit-empowering efforts. You got to be intentional on being holy. Holiness is not automatically. In one sense, it is. It's in three tenses. We were holy, we're been holy, and we shall be holy, right? Three tenses, past, present, and future. But the present, we got we to gotta do something. We got to cleanse ourselves. First John says, purging ourselves. So what, what is it that Hebrew says, let us lay aside every weight in the sin that so easily beset us. What is tripping you up? What are your triggers? What triggers you? What causes you to get in a cycle of sin? What, what touches your anger? What makes you upset? What causes you to do that, to say that, to think that way? What is it? You better understand the schemes of the enemy. The devil has been studying humanity for 6,000 years. So he knows what it takes. He is more patient than most believers. And he'll sit there and wait and keep waiting. He'll, he'll let you be entertained with your mind, that thought. And he, until to, to the place that thought becomes an action, he'll, he'll just, just like a rock underneath water. Over time, that rock will be dented by that water, that drip of water. That devil is persistent. He's a persistent cuss. And he'll, st he'll, st he'll work on your weakness. Keep working on it. If you don't deal with it, if you don't kill what's killing you, it's, <laughs> if you don't kill what's killing you, it's going to kill you. <laughs> Are you with me? What triggers you? The Lord said to me years ago, don't ever take off your wedding band. That's what he spoke to me. He said, don't take it off. Well, I had surgery a few years ago. They said, you got to take it off. I said, no, no, <laughs> you're going to kill me. The Lord going to strike me down. I took it off because of the little thing. You know, <laughs> you know, I didn't want my hand to get caught up in the little machine. Ah! <laughs> but, but I understood what he was saying. So I go everywhere with my wife. And I talk about my wife. The I preach the gospel according to everywhere I go. I say, you know, at high school, I'm a good looking man. At high school, hey, mister. I say, hey, I love my wife. <laughs> I ain't going to jail for nobody but Jesus. <laughs> Come on, are you with me? You got to live in such a way 
that if you know you're tempted with something, you flee it. You got to run from temptation. Don't sit there, I can do it, I can do it. I ain't going to yield to it, I ain't going to yield to it. That's sight. No, 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 no. Nope, nope, nope. I destroyed this computer before I yield my eyes to that. That's what Jesus said. He said, if, if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. Now, don't go around cutting it. Pastor, you tell me to cut my hand off. <laughs> you understand. You understand what I'm saying, right? You do understand what I'm saying. You got to be radical about this thing. You got to go hard after. You got to, through the spirit, we mortify. Romans 8, you mortify, put to death the deeds of the body. Oh, no, you're cute, but not cute enough for my salvation. I'm not getting in that bed with you. I don't care. Oh, no, I ain't listening to that music. Y'all know what I'm saying. You listen to Nita Baker, New Edition, those are going to be in heaven. <laughs> according to PD, right? The gospel, according to PD. New Edition going to come out. Hey, what's up? <laughs> oh, <laughs> you get what I'm saying. If you know that there's something that triggers you, and not just sexual, but gossip, all in the name of prayer. No, we ain't going to say that. You're not going to have me talk about the job that God uses to provide for my family. You're not going to talk about my wife. If you don't like my wife, you don't like me. You know, there's some members that in the past that have loved me and hated my wife. And there's some people who have loved my wife and hated me. And he said, no, nah, we can't get close to one of us. You can't, you can't want to know my kids and not know me. Y'all know those relatives. They, they, they want, oh, how my little, my little cousin doing, my little nephew, and, they, and you don't want to deal with me? The devil is a liar, and so are you. Are you with me? And if you're married, you got to say, nah, no wife, no me. No husband, no wife. Come on. You got to take that standard. Oh, and you get a co-worker, and they talking about the job and how bad the job is, you know. Oh, they about to fire somebody, going to let them out, the layoffs. Praise God, if we get laid off, God will provide for us. We'll get, we'll get a good going away present, <laughs> and we can work on that business that we've been waiting for. <laughs> we can enroll in some classes, finally. Are you with me? Let's be holy people. The treasure of holiness is that we can know him better. God does not fellowship with your sinful nature, but the part of you that changes. When you change, that's the part of your fellowship. As you get holier, your fellowship increases. And it's not a thing of holier than thou. Be, be, be aware of self-righteousness. If God deals with you about something, doesn't mean that he's dealing with everybody else about it. Well, you know, I, you know, you know, pastor talked about the mafia movies. I, I just can't do it. You know, God convicted me. Okay, but that's you. You got a different relationship. Are you with me? Um, I remember uh, being in this program, and what they did is they took minorities from the inner city at the time we were living in Trenton, and they took us to Princeton every, I think every other Wednesday, and we learned, uh, they, they was trying to fill the, the mathematic industry or field and the science field with minorities. So we went to this program, and... Um, at the end of the program, we graduated, and they presented to us stocks. They also gave us two years free at any state college. I was so dumb. I should have took advantage of that. Um, <laughs> and, and, and what happened is they had a, a celebration, 
And it was at the Princeton Hyatt Hotel off of Route 1. And they had a celebration. They were dancing and whatnot. And the Spirit of the Lord said, I was in the ninth grade, 10th grade, ninth, 10th grade. And the Spirit of the Lord said to me, if you dance, I'll take my anointing from you. I said, huh? And there was some fine girls. I wanted to dance. I didn't know how to dance, but I was just like, I could just do something. We could just, you know. And, and, and the Spirit of the Lord said that to me. I said, Dad, it's time to go. I told my dad, let's go. He was outside. He said, it's time to go. I mean, no, the Lord dealt with me about that. That could have led me down somewhere. That's why probably the Lord told me not to. Because you know I love music. <laughs> and I would have been out there still up partying. What you doing, PD? You ain't PD. <laughs> and you, PD couldn't even be bored because he danced. Now, my, my, my oldest son, he went to a dance the other day at a Christian school. I said, did you dance? He said, yeah, we did. I did that. I said, oh, okay. <laughs> that wasn't my testimony. <laughs> Amen. I'm going to stop there. Let's go after holiness on purpose. This week, you will be tempted in ways that you have never been tempted before, but you got to stand for holiness. You got to pursue it. You got to be intentional. You got to be that holy person. Let them laugh at you concerning not being in this conversation or be a part and look at you strange. Oh, you too deep. I'll be deep enough to go to heaven to see God now and in the life to come. If it's going to, I don't want to gossip my way to hell. We didn't even get to the part where it, it talks about how heaven is holy and God is holy and the people of God is a holy person, people and, and heaven is for those who overcome. There's some people who, who are not overcoming. I'm not saying God won't be with the person and can't help that person who's struggling with that addiction all the way till they, they, they die. I'm not saying that, but there got to be something working inside of us. There got to be a difference. So join me standing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's pray. Lift up your hands. Father God, I pray that you make us holy. Throw your holiness on us. We want to smell like your holiness. Oh, God, may our mouths, our lips, our words be holy, holy words. May our, our thoughts, our minds, our actions sanctify us. Come on, let's just say the prayer. Sanctify us, just between you and God. Sanctify me, God. Set me apart. Sanctify my motives. Oh, Lord, Lord, anything that's not like you, even as the psalmist said, take it out of me, God. Oh, search my heart, oh, God. Search my heart of God. Oh, Lord, areas of pride and selfishness, self-centeredness. God, in the name of Jesus, oh, we yield ourselves. Make us holy, 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 holy. We want to be holy, God. We want to know you. Oh, we want to know you, God. And Father, you, your spirit, you gave us your spirit to guide us into all truth. Oh, and to make us holy. Oh, God, we want to be holy. Holy, holy God, holy God. Oh, holy God, any habits that is ungodly, break those habits off of us now in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, that temper, deal with that temper now in Jesus' name. Oh, deal with that shyness now that is stopping us from being holy. Deal with that cockiness, that arrogance. God, deal with the, our hearts, our minds, our conduct. God, make us a holy people. Oh, God, in the name of Jesus. 
Oh, we cry out for holy. Make us holy, God. Make us holy. Oh, God, make us holy. Let us be different. Oh, set us apart, God. Come on, pray that like never before. Set us apart. Set us apart in our homes and in our families and in our neighborhood and on our jobs and in school if those are in school. Set us apart. Oh, God, set us apart in the name of Jesus. Mark our lives up for your glory in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for grace, for helping us to be holy. Oh, we're holy by grace and through faith in Jesus. I thank you that the Holy One enables us to be holy. It's through the Spirit we put to death the deeds of the body. Lord wants to put his hands on areas that we've been blocking him out of, rooms that we, we've, we told him that he's not allowed to be in. Oh, open up your heart. Oh, let him come in. Let him clean you up in every area. Oh, Father, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, the way we speak to the, the fast food person, workers, the way we deal with our, you know, people, you know, in, in, at, at stores, attitudes, the way we deal with waiters. Oh, God, in the name of Jesus. Oh, may we not look at any human being as our slave, as, as our servant. Oh, God, deal with us, even the way we tip. Oh, God, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. From this day forth, let us always be mindful of your holiness. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 I'm looking at a bunch of holy people. <laughs> amen. Glory to God. That concludes this week's message. And thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, you can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 1854, Perth Amboy, New Jersey 08862. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, contact us via email. The address is partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to his word. Until next time, God bless you. Thank you.